Ooh, yeah, this is talking with a mouse phone. Yeah, and I'm Macho Michael Chan. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, guys, I'm sorry. I don't know what that is, so. Hi guys, this is Talking With Our Mouths Full. What are you this doing? is Michael Chan what, what, over there, and I'm Nango Nguyen. And today we're at Franz Restaurant. What are you doing? All right, anyway, Franz Restaurant Ooh, and Bar. Yeah, you're supposed to be Miss Nightingale. Oh, Victoria yeah. Street. So we're at the Victoria and Shooter location. It's attached to the Pantages Hotel. So it's very, very close to the Eaton Center. And the other locations I have are at Young and College, Young and French Street, and they show up at the CNE every year, which is the Canadian National Exhibition. And that is basically a giant fair slash carnival festival that happens the last two weeks before the Labor Day weekend. You made me break character. Okay, anyway, it's been here since the You're 1940s. So founded by Francis Fran Deck, who opened the first location at Young and St. Clair. The place only had 10 stools and now it's grown into this giant family-owned establishment. So the food specializes in Western diner foods like all-day breakfast, milkshakes, burgers, and more. And also, what's neat is that two of their locations are 24-7. So if you ever need that midnight munchie, you know a good place. You know, I'm like, I'm a huge fan of diner food. Like, I often go with my wife to get uh, all-day breakfast, uh, and our daughter, uh, to get all-day breakfast at Whippy's Diner, actually, up in Richmond Hill. But, like, I'm always interested in trying other diners as well. Uh, so is now, this your first time here at France? At this France. I've okay. actually been to the college location, uh, actually, with our mentor, oh, Vladimir yeah. Bondarenko. Yeah, I have breakfast with him there every once in a while, but uh, yeah, this is my first time here, so I'm like really excited. And I'm also excited because I love burgers and I was checking out their menu and I can't believe I never tried this. They have a legendary banquet burger that they apparently invented 75 years ago. It has- Yeah, it's their uh, signature burger. Yeah, so it's a half pound burger patty topped with melted Canadian cheddar and bacon comes with a side of fries and I also added a Diet Pepsi to mine. I'm gonna start, because uh, my burger came separated so I have to add my own condiments onto it. So I'll put that together while you, you tell everyone what you got. Yeah, I've been to a few of the locations a few times. I've also like, I get the milkshakes whenever I'm at the CNE every Ooh. year, which is really cool because it's just really cool to get carnival food and also like, diner food it just feels very nostalgic and in a way kind of vintage so wait so, I've, I've never actually had their cne location uh yeah so like at, they they're just a pop-up basically that oh, happens a, every year. okay yeah like you know how like at the food building there's like a bunch of food that yeah pops yeah I, so I they're didn't there. know they had one yeah oh. cool right yeah and right now i have their lunch special which is the hearty special so it is the france chicken sandwich with and i chose the caesar salad so the sandwich is actually a croissant, and there's the chicken salad with a piece of big piece of lettuce on there, and there's also grapes there too. So that's, are those whole grapes? Yeah, there's whole grapes. Isn't are they cool? cut or just? I don't even know if they're they seedless are not or not. Cut. Yeah, they're not cut. I don't wow. know if they're seedless or not. Isn't that cool? They're uncut, just yeah. like this podcast. Ooh, doo -doo -doo. <laughs> Uh, oh, I just dropped my ketchup oh, uh, all okay. over the place. Anyways. Um, oh yeah, Michael, you're wearing a um, wrestling shirt. 
Yes, I am. Thank you for noticing. Of course I do. If you didn't already notice my attempts to be macho man. Yeah, I know you guys can't see, so I'm trying to help you visualize everything. Oh yeah, in France it looks very, very like vintage feel. Like you feel like you're transformed in like a timeless era. So it's like modern and also old at the same time. Yeah, this this location is a lot more modern looking than their College Street location. The College Street location looks more 50s diners-y. But yeah, this is kind of like a mixed modern. They have a bar here too. I don't, I don't know. I don't think they actually have one like that at college. They have like a modern bar here, which is really cool. Um, but yes, I am wearing a wrestling shirt. I did try to do a bit with my partner here, a wrestling bit that she totally ruined. Thanks a lot. No problem. And the reason why is today we are going to take a bite into a topic that I am extremely passionate about mm. and that is professional wrestling but before we continue we'd like to take a quick moment to play a promo for the podcast of our good friends over at tg geeks greetings programs and applications i'm ben and i am keith and we are the, the two, two gay, gay geeks, geeks. We are the nerds behind TG Geek's webcast, where we talk about sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre. You name it, we talk about it. We release an episode every Monday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern. You can find us on iTunes, Blueberry, Spreaker, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Also, look us up on YouTube. And of course, we can be found at TGGeeks.com, where you can find not only our webcast, but articles about other geeky goodness. So come along for the wildest ride in the potosphere. Did you just say potosphere? <laughs> potosphere, but yeah, check out their podcast. It's really good, and I personally love listening to it. Oh, sorry, <laughs> just to go on a little tangent, but yeah, yeah, my chicken sandwich is very, very filling, and the chicken salad part is moist, and it's it's got a really good balance. It looks good. Uh, my okay. fries are, are, are crunchy, and I, I love crunchy fries. I love fries. how gold they are. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, just... I'm really digging into them, so uh, I'm enjoying them a lot. Oh yes, wrestling. Now I, I can already hear all the moans and groans and all the cries of food and name. and I get it. But you know what? Hear me out. Hear us out. Give us a hear little bit out. of your time. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is more of a my topic kind of thing, but but I'm no, really. Le le hear me out. Mm -hmm. I am. Give me a little bit of your time. And like by the end of this, <laughs> most people do. I mean, this is a free country. But no, seriously, give me a bit of your time. And by the end of this episode, hopefully you'll at least add a bit of pro wrestling into your YouTube diet. Now, I want to start with you. Yes. Since you're, you're I'm not... I'm here and I got no where to run. No, you don't. And I'm forcing you to eat with me so that you have to talk. That's because we're friends. <laughs> you sleep friends. hard. We're best friends. At friends. <laughs> um, but no, I want to start with you because as someone who doesn't watch wrestling, I'm actually curious to know. Um, I do thumb wrestling. Ooh. Arm wrestling. Want to thumb wrestle? Not right now. Talk? Okay. No, but I'm, I'm curious. What do you know about wrestling? What can you tell people about your experience of wrestling? Um, I know that Hulk Hogan had a match with Toronto Mayor Rob Ford during Fan Expo. What, I was during Fan Expo? Yeah, isn't oh. that crazy? I, wow. That's cool. I know that The Rock is a former wrestler. Mm -hmm. I know that Freddie Prince Jr. is associated with it. Oh yeah, you wrote for them, yeah. Yeah. 
Trish Stratus is our Canadian homegirl. Oh yeah, Toronto. Oh, oh, oh yeah, I know that Stephen Amell had a fight with um, Starburst. <coughs> what? What? <coughs> Guys, Did I made him die. Did you just call him Starburst? Yeah, because he makes people taste the rainbow, right? I'm so sorry. I, yeah, you have... <laughs> I'm sorry. You, What'd okay, I do? No. What'd I do? I love it. I love what? Starburst. Someone needs to call him up and tell... Look, um... Is he not... Did I say the wrong name? Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's actually... His name is Stardust. Oh, eat my dust. I thought, I thought it was Taste the Rainbow. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I I, no, I'm serious. I love that name. Uh, that's amazing. But uh, what you're referring to is, is a really good match at SummerSlam uh, 2015. When Stardust, who is also known as Cody Rhodes, and remember that name since it's going to be important later, Cody uh, Rhodes. teamed up with King Barrett to take on Neville, who is also known as the um, man that Gravity forgot, but he already left WWE. And he's now called Pac. And so Neville teamed up uh, with Stephen Amell. And he is, as you know, the star of the DC Comics TV show, Green Arrow. I am the Green Arrow. <laughs> uh, well, he totally became something else when he wrestled Stardust. But um, no, uh, a lot of people these days, they, they call wrestling fake. Uh, they call it a soap opera for men, a show where dudes in tights yell at each other. Oh, and they're they in fight. tights? <laughs> Not all Sign of them, but quite a, quite a few of them. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> there are some really, really good looking ones. But anyways, and... and you know, this, when I hear people say these things about wrestling, it makes me sad because outside of being wrong, they're missing out on something truly amazing. Now, Nightingale. All right, so tell me what I'm missing out on. Tell me this. What is the latest movie you watched? Spider-Man Far From Home. Nice. That, that I actually just watched. That is the last movie I watched. And mm -hmm. it, was, it was so good. It was so good. I, look, I'm not going to spoil anything. Uh, in this episode about that movie, but I do highly recommend you watch it. But Spider-Man. So it's no coincidence that in Peter Parker's origin story, mm -hmm. when he got his powers, he tried to become a wrestler. Wait, what? Really? Yep, yep. That's part of his origin story. Oh, I and, didn't know that. And look, even back in 1963, uh -huh. Stan Lee and Steve Ditko, creators of Spider-Man, they already understood what pro wrestling is. Pro wrestling is comic books come to life. It's a live theater. It's a stunt show. And the characters and stories are taken right off the pages of comics. I mean, think about it. You have heroes. You have villains. There's a wide range of characters. An IRS tax auditor, a police officer, a movie stunt double, an undead wizard. All of their own backstories. Now, some wrestlers, they, uh, they fight like Spider-Man. Some fight like She-Hulk. Some talk like Captain Marvel. Some talk like Deadpool. And they're all basically superhuman. They get in the ring and battle it out for what? 15 to 30 minutes, sometimes longer. They pull off incredible feats of strength and agility, hitting each other with crazy moves that would cripple normal people. And they're somehow able to keep doing this up to 300 days a year. I haven't thought about that. That's actually oh, crazy that's a lot. to not get a concussion pill. Well, some of them oh. do, and that's actually something that's uh, become a big deal in wrestling. So protecting wrestlers mm -hmm. has become a massive part of wrestling culture, mm -hmm. especially WWE. But we can get into that later. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but comics, like in comics, 
okay? Wrestling is only good when the stories are good. I actually didn't know there was a story in wrestling. There's always a story. I did not know that. Well, I just thought it was like, you know, two people fighting. Just two people fighting. For half an hour, you know what well, I mean? When I talk to people about wrestling, especially people who know wrestling, oh. or who have watched wrestling or do watch wrestling, mm -hmm. I mostly hear about two periods of time. So the first is the 80s and technically the early 90s where okay. people loved wrestling and guys like Andre the Giant, Macho Man Randy Savage, Ric Flair, the Ultimate Warrior, and of course Hulk Hogan like you brought up earlier. They were household names. Throughout the, two? Not yet, okay. but the other period, and he's in that period, the other period that people talk about is known as the attitude area, the, uh, attitude era, not area, attitude era. And this was during the late 90s when WWE, which was called WWF back then, was competing against a company called WCW in what was called the Monday Night Wars. Because uh, they both had shows on Monday and they just, they were going head to head. Now WWF had to transform itself from a, um, family-friendly product to something mm -hmm. more adult-oriented because it was losing to WCW and eventually that change led to them buying out WCW in 2001. Wow. So coming out of this period you have names like uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Mick Foley, and The Rock. Yeah. And you also have, oh yeah, and you also have groups like the NWO and People remember this this era really, really fondly to the point where they always say they wish that it would come back, even though it never will. But now, isn't it dangerous to bring it back because it's like everyone's getting hurt and stuff? Well, there's that, but also a lot has changed. But I'll get into that. Uh -huh. The So those names mm -hmm. that I mentioned, all those wrestlers that I just named off just now, sure, they're known for being incredible on the mic. They're great okay. talkers, but outside of their gift for Gab, they were some of the best storytellers, both outside and inside the ring. It's why people generally don't remember specific promos or, or speeches that they do, but instead, people still remember matches. Uh, I'll give you an example. Hulk Hogan taking on Andre the Giant at WrestleMania 3 where he picked up Andre and slammed him. Or the Ultimate Warrior taking on Hulk Hogan in Toronto at WrestleMania 6. Or The Rock taking on Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania X8. Also in Toronto, exactly. We have a lot of great matches here, by the way, but... I didn't know that we were a really big... Wrestling. No, we, we are actually Canada is we have a very rich uh, wrestling culture such as like we have a huge training school called the Hart Family Dungeon or Stu Hart's Dungeon and you know we have uh, Brett the Hitman Hart, we have Owen Hart, we have Trisha. I, I can go on and on about Canada and can do a whole episode about Canadian wrestling culture but back to where we were mm -hmm. when great wrestlers who can talk and who can tell a great story via their matches are combined with great story arcs that are written for them. That's when wrestling is at its best. And back in the 80s and the 90s, things were at their best. In the 80s, WWF had just become the dominant wrestling brand and had a TV deal, so they were fresh and wanted to keep the momentum going, so they had amazing feuds. The Attitude Era was driven by competition, and when WWF saw itself losing to the WCW, it went into creative overdrive to survive and then eventually win. But then things change, like I said, like you noticed. And 
and, and pro wrestling went from being loved to being something people snicker at when you tell them you're a fan. Now, there are many reasons why, and I'm sure we can do an entire episode on, on, on all of that, but the reason I'm personally interested in talking about today is how WWE basically became the only game in town when it comes to wrestling. So it's, it's where everyone wants to go, right? Every single wrestler, they come out, they finish training, and like, I want to go to WWE. But see, when you become the only game in town, you become complacent. And that's when their stories started to not connect with people the way they used to, like in the 80s and in the Attitude Era. Ooh, but yeah, but I have really good news. Okay. Over the past few years, all right, there has been um, a revolution of Ooh. sorts that has been brewing outside of WWE. Okay. First, look up the name Joey Ryan. Okay. In 2015. A match he had in Japan went viral when he used oh this God, game. <laughs> Why? Michael, Michael, no, no, Why? no, no, no. We're PG-13 oh, or G. I'm, right, I'm sorry. Um, he used his little Joey to what? What? No, that's not, that's not good. His reproductive parts? Oh my God. <laughs> Look, you get the picture. You get the picture, okay? He used oh what he had. God. He used oh what, what, his... He flipped, okay? He flipped his opponent. Yes. He flipped his opponent using his, his yes, his thing. And and that went viral, that Why video. You, you have to, you didn't expect our conversation to go this way, did you? <laughs> you didn't expect that. Uh, by the way, Joey Ryan also proposed to his girlfriend in the ring for realsy. I hope this gets edited. Oh my God, Michael, can you just stop? <laughs> but no, 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 seriously. Um, Oh my god, you're so cute. Can we just change the subject? <laughs> he went viral, and as ridiculous as that whole thing was, that match got people talking and shown a spotlight on independent wrestling, or the indies, which is everything basically outside of the WWE, at least in the States. I won't talk about things like Japan and Mexico, but in the States, it's shown a light on indie wrestling and got people looking I'm outside. Up. So like I said, there's stuff outside of the U.S., right? So it got people to look outside the U.S. as well, right? They're looking at the Indies. Now they're going to look outside and they're like, what else is there? And there's so many other countries with rich uh, wrestling histories, like Mexico with their Lucha Libre. But anyways, um, with the shift in people's attention away from WWE, other wrestlers and matches got noticed. Like, look up the feud between Will Ospreay and Ricochet, who by the way is now in WWE, that culminated in one of the most acrobatic matches I have ever seen in my entire life. People went nuts over that match, and people who didn't watch wrestling were Googling these two guys and watching their not only that match between them, but also all the other matches these two guys have had, have had with other people, and they were just amazed. They're like, what, what is this? I, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, and then there was the rise of the Bullet Club. Okay. which is a faction that reminds a lot of people of the NWO from the Attitude Era. And its members are made up of wrestlers from various promotions like New Japan Pro Wrestling and Ring of Honor. And uh, WWE's Finn Balor, who was the, uh, he was a leader of the uh, Bullet Club uh, when he was still called Prince Devitt before he went to WWE. AJ Styles was also a leader of the Bullet Club before he left to go to the WWE. And then there's a guy named Kenny Omega. 
he became the leader of the Bullet Club after AJ Styles left, and he is currently regarded as the best professional wrestler in the world, and he is not from WWE. And, oh, yeah. here's a little fun fact or okay. fun bite. He's from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Canada! Yep, Canada! Yep. And Canada. guess who else what? is from Winnipeg? Who? Legendary wrestler. No. Oh. These are my. Stephen No, he's from Toronto. Oh. I'm talking about legendary wrestler Chris Jericho. Oh. Big, big name. Uh, he's part of the band Fozzie, and he's been around for a very long time. Most people know him. but and, and, Yeah, we really anyways. do have a strong history in. We do. We have so many great wrestlers from Canada. But in 2017, after nearly 20 years as an exclusively WWE wrestler, Chris Jericho went over to New Japan Pro Wrestling and challenged Kenny Omega to a match. And that move, that was when the revolution happening outside of WWE finally became legit. And the Omega Jericho match at Wrestle Kingdom 12 was storytelling at its finest. So this is a beautiful match from beginning to end. Is now, that why you're wearing the Kenny Omega shirt? Exactly. Oh, Kenny Omega is one of my favorite now. wrestlers. Um, now, Co remember the name Cody Rhodes? Or uh -huh. Starburst? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, it's Stardust now, I learned. <laughs> his, uh, his dad, his father. Um, he was the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, also another famous wrestler uh, from the 80s and, and before. And everyone expected Cody, when he started wrestling, to become a huge star in the WWE. However, I know you like Stardust. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I learned. <laughs> but uh, truth is, the truth time. is, WWE misused him. Okay. He never got Wait, to what? be. Really? He was more of a joke. And he never really got to get, got a chance to be at the top of the company. And that's, he was such a great wrestler, right? He has such a great legacy of the Rhodes family and they misused him. So he eventually, eventually he left. Okay. And when he went to the Indies, Cody quickly rose to become one of the biggest names outside of WWE. In, in fact, he's someone that a lot of wrestlers talk to about going to the Indies from the WWE. But anyways. He soon found himself in the company of people like Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, Nick and Matt Jackson, who many currently regard as the best or one of the best tag teams in the world. Mm -hmm. Now in 2018, last year, Cody and the Bucks decided to do something absolutely insane. Okay. They started promoting a pay-per-view called All In that was meant to showcase the best of independent and international wrestling. Tickets for the show went on sale on May 13th, 2018 and sold out in 30 minutes. What? Despite only a single match being announced for the event. That just makes wrestling so serious. Yeah, and when September came around and they had their pay-per-view, that was one of the greatest shows I had ever seen. And guess what? What? Stephen Amell? He showed up to take on Christopher Daniels from the team SCU. Yeah, Canadian homeboy Stephen Amell. That's right. That's right. More Stephen Amell. I mean, he loves wrestling. Oh, and I'm not surprised. I didn't even know that. I really am not because there's so many celebrities who are totally into wrestling. Like, did you know David Arquette? David Arquette was involved in the Attitude Area. He was actually made a WCW champion. Really? A lot of people hate his guts for that. But oh, wow. he actually is making a comeback right now. Mm and uh, to try to kind of make up for that period and to show people that he truly is 
not only a fan of wrestling but a wrestler wow so that's that's really cool so back to well, all in here's the cool part okay. it was so successful okay. the billionaire tony khan who's the owner of the jacksonville jaguars eventually approached cody and the bucks with the idea of starting a new wrestling promotion or wow. company and after rejecting reportedly huge offers by wwe cody the bucks and eventually kenny omega formed all Elite Wrestling or AEW with Tony oh, Khan. Oh, that's uh -huh. what it's exactly. That's also on your shirt. Yeah, that's what's on my shirt, and that's what it stands oh. for. Uh, so now I can spend a lot of time talking about the three pay-per-views AEW has had so far this year and how amazing they were. I can talk about how diverse the wrestlers they've signed are like transgender first nations wrestler Whoa. nyla rose or sunny kiss who is open gay i can talk about how they hired the first ever major league female referee Whoa. i can talk about the fantastic partnerships they have with different companies around the world uh, like AAA wrestling from Mexico and OWE from China, which is going to give us more diversity. I can even talk about all the great initiatives they're pushing forward, like making their events sensory inclusive or raising money for victims of gun violence. But the thing, uh, I think what most people care about in the end is storytelling. And I believe that right now it is the best time to become a wrestling fan. Uh, to get back into wrestling if you were a wrestling fan and to be a wrestling fan if you already are one. Why? why? I'll tell you why. Uh, Come on, because, go tell us why. Uh, tell us now. That's a, that's a little nod to Simon Miller from uh, What Culture <laughs> Wrestling YouTube. Anyways, why? Because even though AEW has made it abundantly clear that they are not here to compete with WWE and are doing their own thing, going so far as to put their weekly TV show, which is starting on October 2nd on Wednesdays, to avoid WWE's Monday Night Raw and SmackDown on Tuesdays. The Whoa. fact is that WWE is worried enough to not only sign huge deals with less utilized wrestlers just to prevent them from going to AEW, but they're also starting to push for creativity again. They recently introduced a new championship called the 24-7 Championship. 24-7? And it's where wrestlers can battle for it anywhere and anytime. And this allows for really creative use for social media. They uh, made Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman, two of the biggest names coming out of the Attitude Area, the, I keep saying area, uh, the Attitude Era, the era. executive directors of Raw and SmackDown, and they tasked these two men with pushing those shows to greater heights. And there's so much more going on with them. But let's not forget that while all of this is happening in WWE, before their TV show even begins, AEW still has one more pay-per-view, which is All Out on August 31st. And for those who are wondering how storylines are being maintained for a company that has only done pay-per-view shows, Cody Rhodes, The Bucks, and Kenny Omega have a YouTube show called Being the Elite that used to be an often comedic behind-the-scenes look at their wrestling careers, but is now mixing that with having AEW and indie wrestlers show up, cut promos, and even develop feuds and storylines. And there are so many good ones oh on right now. Look, I'll give you some examples. Okay. <clears throat> this is so much now information. And I'm gonna have a sip of my Diet Pepsi. Yep. <sighs> because I'm gonna read, this is scripted, guys. Okay. 
Canadian wrestler Sean Spears, who used to be called Ty Dillinger in WWE, used to be close friends with Cody Rhodes. But after signing with AEW, he bashes Cody over the head with a chair. Why would he do that? And what is Cody going to do about it? Here's another one. Rising star hangman Adam Page earned a chance to become the first ever AEW champion at All Out when he won a battle royale at Double or Nothing. There's only one problem. His opponent will be Chris Jericho, and his attention keeps getting divided by others who want his spot like charismatic villain MJF. Can Hangman stay focused enough to beat Jericho? Oh. Mm -hmm. Peter Avalon is yeah. great at character work. So the top brass at AEW get, give him a fun new gimmick. He is the librarian. But hold on. Leva Bates? Leva Bates. Leva Bates, wrestler and cosplay extraordinaire, is also perfect for the part. So they make her. The librarian. What? There are two librarians? How could that be? And is the wrestling ring really a library? Nice. That's a good read. Thank you. Oh, here's another good, good one. Good thing it was all written down. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, after years of frustration as a WWE wrestler, Dean Ambrose left after his contract expired and signed with AEW as the paradigm shift, John ba -ba -ba. Moxley. His first order of business, beating the living heck out of Kenny Omega at the end of Double or Nothing. Omega is, after all, the best wrestler in the world. Will Kenny be able to get his revenge at All Out? Or will Moxley, who has been wrestling in New Japan to see what Omega's roots are, become the new best in the world? Bing, bing. Now, I can go on and on, uh, but I think it's time for me to bring this whole thing to a close. I've taken up a lot of your time, so... <laughs> Uh, here we go. As I said earlier, I really do hope that all of you will consider making pro wrestling at minimum a part of your YouTube diet. As an example, subscribe to Being the Elite. Check out the WWE 24-7 championship videos, especially if they feature R-Truth because they are short and extremely hilarious, like when he pins a sleeping Jinder Mahal on an airplane to win the title back. Look up matches featuring the I think I would call it lackadaisical uh, stylings of a guy called Orange Cassidy. Trust me, you won't regret it. Uh, watch Will Ospreay take on Kazuchika Okada in what many are calling the best match of 2019 at New Japan Pro G1 Climax 29. Um, Luke Perry's son, Jack Perry, who goes by the name Jungle Boy, is an up-and-coming wrestler right now, and he has been riding on... Oh yep, he's riding on a really talented wrestler called Luchasaurus, and they're called, uh, they're a team called A Boy and His Dinosaur. It's a really fun gimmick. And uh, also, the full match featuring SCU and Flip Gordon taking on the Bullet Club and Stephen Amell is available on the Ring of Honor YouTube channel. And uh, if you like podcasts, and I'm sure you do because you're listening to ours, <laughs> listen to Chris Jericho's Talk is Jericho. He has many interesting guests that come on and talk about more than just wrestling. And if you're into documentaries, check out Omega Man, a wrestling love story. Aww. It is, in my opinion, one of the best wrestling documentaries and one of the best documentaries in general ever made and that is all the babbling you're gonna get from me about wrestling today. Nightingale? Yeah, like wow that was a lot of information. Yes and it is. Like yeah like you really opened it up and 
Yeah, I really learned a lot. Like I didn't realize right. that Canada was like a really has a really rich mm-hmm, wrestling culture. Mm-hmm. Like it's not something that you hear about in like an everyday conversation, especially mm-hmm. when people hear the word wrestling, they think it's just a lot of adrenaline and testosterone beating each other up, mm-hmm. right? And so it's just really, really interesting just to hear how rich it is and also coming up with a story so that way it's engaging in a way and it's also safe for the players like for the wrestlers right because no it is right because like if you're doing like a real fight in real life they don't last half an hour like no, if they you see don't. a fight on the street it's like maybe two minutes like you know two punches and you're done yeah and think about mma right like the guys and gals are in there for just a few minutes but they train months and months and they for that one match but in wrestling these people have to go out there like i said up to 300 days a year yeah match after match after match and in between they're driving or flying to their different locations right yeah. and now with the internet a lot of them are also doing lots and lots of social media it's like an insane yeah. schedule and they're just destroying their bodies so yeah and also like you mentioned like a female referee like i would never think like oh, i just thought referees are referees but i never thought like it was a big deal to have a female referee or right? like that's they're traditionally crazy? men and now that AEW has a female, you know, sky's the limit for referees. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I hope that everyone learned something because I sure did. So we'd love to hear from you. Do you watch wrestling? And if so, who's your favorite wrestler? You can say either Starburst or Stardust, or if you have a nickname for someone else, let me know. So do you have any favorite matches or anything that's really memorable if you know anything about wrestling? Mm-hmm. Or what did you learn from wrestling? And if you were a wrestler, what kind of gimmick would you want to have? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, I would like to hear that too. Yeah. So anyway, I'm Nguyen Nguyen. And I'm Michael Chan, and who's I- eating his burger that is absolutely delicious and lives up to its legacy. It's 75-year legacy. It's juicy and tender and... Oh my god, I'm just Yeah, like I was just munching heaven. through my food and the Caesar salad was absolutely like it was very crunchy lettuce. Like oh my goodness, it was crunchy. Like I I could hear it and the sauce was just right. Everything was really really good. It was good. Yeah, yeah was so good. I, I I can definitely recommend my banquet burger. Can you uh, recommend yours? Yeah, I can definitely recommend mine. And honestly, if you've ever been to any of the Franz locations, which ones do you like? And if mm-hmm. you've tried any of the foods, let us know because I've been here a few times. I normally go for like the midnight dessert munchies. So I go, I go for their, their milkshake, their rice pudding, and their cakes. I'm kind and of I'm glad just... I no longer live in Toronto <laughs> because this place would be dangerous for me. Yeah, and I've been here for some of their savory foods too, but if I have the midnight munchies, you know. Yeah. But yeah, like, um, yeah, support your local mom pop shops. Let us know what you think of France and let us know if there's any places that you want us to check out or what you wa- want us to actually really try at a France location or anything, really. Mm-hmm. Like, if there is a, a place and you can recommend some food at the place as well, let us know, uh, Instagram or Twitter. Which leads me to Nightingale, how can people find you online? You guys can all find me on Instagram at night.nguyen. So that's night and nguyen. N-G-U-Y-E-N. And I'm only on Instagram. I'm not that active, but you know, whatever. Y'all know how to find me. That's the important part. And I am on both Twitter and Instagram as at MichaelCW10. I also have a website, www.michael-chan.ca. So, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. So, yeah, until the next episode, stay hungry. Stage.
This has been Talking With Our Mouthful with Michael Chan and Nightingale Nguyen. The music by bensound.com. If you enjoyed this episode, why don't you join us on Instagram and Twitter at @twmfpodcast. We have a lot of bonus content like food pics, behind-the-scenes shenanigans, and more info about all the places Michael and Nightingale visit. And if you haven't already, please subscribe. A new episode comes out every two weeks. Thanks again for listening, and stay hungry.